1: The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
2: Right across South Australia, it's the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323, 1629 SENSA, and you'll hear Sports Day every weeknight from 6pm with me, Paul Bonza, and tonight uh, my normal partner in crime is Dan Menzel, and he's with me. How are you going, Menz?
3: I'm going well, Bonza. It is absolutely scorching here in Adelaide it's a today. A warm one today. It is. A
2: little bit warm. we got a... Jam-packed show. Uh, We're going to talk about the Marsh Cup last night. uh, We'll preview the test match. We've got an exclusive interview that Jared Waitley has done with Pat Cummins. We'll play that for you as well. You are going to do another AFL preview. It's Thursday night. So you've got Swans, your old team, and the Saints.
3: Yeah, I'm going to break down the Swans, who are going to have an interesting year next year, off the back of that grand final heavy defeat, and the Saints, who have had a few injuries, but they've got the new coach... In uh, back in in Ross Lyon,
2: Toddy Gray from Greyhound Racing SA will join us and give us a couple of tips, um, and then Ollie Wines from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. He is going to join us. So, Power fans, stay tuned. Ollie Wines on the show a little bit later. Now we are looking after this show for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight. And Blighty, this is the man you should know. This this is this, is, this is just some of Blighty's best work.
4: Drama here at Princess Park. Malcolm Blight,
5: it's a big kick. It's a kick.
2: Malcolm... That's uh, just some of Blighty's goal. That that was a goal that I think he says it now goes about 90 metres. Something. It like was that. huge. It was massive. And uh, this is this is probably everyone's favourite Blighty <laughs> crab. I couldn't give a rat's toss bag whether he thought I could coach or anyone thinks I can coach or could play. I don't care. Have an opinion, we all have an opinion. But when he talked about commitment to St Kilda for the time I was there, it's absolute garbage, made by a very naive person. Say I couldn't coach Stephen, say I made the wrong call, say I said something to the wrong, say I said something bad. All I did was handle some egos, tried to handle some egos. with a very bad football club that had won two games a year before. You
1: said that you weren't good with kids, you were better with a mature list. Oh, yeah. So in Adelaide or Geelong, two very young teams came
2: from nowhere to play in Grand Finals with
4: young teams? Come on. That's a (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant.
2: Working a bit blue there, Blighty, on his birthday. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday to Malcolm Blight and uh, the regular host here of uh, Sports Day SA we wish you all the best blighty and hope you're having a fantastic day.
3: We need more people in the media to and more coaches to speak exactly how they feel and put it all out there like that. That's going to last the length of time. That's brilliant.
2: Right, time for the hot topic thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time, explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves.
0: Sports Day SA. It's my On cruise 1323 and
2: 1629, SENSA. Marsh Cup was played yesterday. South Australia taking on WA. WA won the toss, elected to bowl. As South Australia could only manage 210. It was always going to be a little bit short. Ben Menenti made uh, 61 off 39. Jake Lehman 43. He batted okay as well. Uh, Berendorf got three for 36. But Jake uh, had a little bit of trouble batting, and his dad was in the commentary box. Let's listen to this from Buff. Whack. Cop that. Down goes Lehman for the count. (laughs) He shouldn't laugh. (laughs) (laughs) He's starting to laugh now as Dad chuckles from on high.
1: (laughs) Yes, that that might hurt, son.
2: Uh. So Jake got hit in the plums and... um, Yeah, Dad thought
3: it was hilarious. He did, didn't he? He had a good chuckle there. You did say that the Redbacks fell a bit short. I think Jake Lehman wishes that ball might have been a little bit shorter than what it was.
2: (laughs) WA, three for 212. Cameron Bancroft just keeps making runs. 80 not out off 88. He's in Uh, great form. It's good to see. Yep. Stornis, uh, 42 off 29. Where's Agar Bowl well for the Redbacks, two for 33. But they've got one game left in the Marsh Cup. They play Victoria on Feb 26 at the Adelaide Oval. The winner of that game will play WA in the final in Perth.
3: It's huge it would be. I mean, we we're hoping the Redbacks can get through but uh just for a moment, how good have WA been this year in all forms of cricket? The Scorchers won the final over there, the Sheffield Shield, the one that the Marshcar. It's um I mean, Stoinis, Bancroft, they've got some good What players. about the squad? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it like really
2: in, in the Shield game they had Stoinis batting 7. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's a good squad. Uh, NBL finals are on Sydney last night. Beat Cairns in game one, 95-87. Xavier Cooks, the MVP of the league, 27 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, DJ Hogue was good for Cairns uh, 21 points. Game two of the other series is tonight. Tassie playing New Zealand in Tassie and New Zealand lead 1-0.
3: Yeah, so Tassie maybe could get some players back. But, um, Bonds, at at the moment, it's pretty clear cut that New Zealand and Sydney look like playing in that championship series. Do you see it going any differently?
2: Been the best two teams all year. I've seen them both play live. Uh, Yeah, they should be in the final. Um, All right. Now, we mentioned at the top of the show... We're lucky enough to have an exclusive inter- interview that Jared Waitley has done with Pat Cummins from
4: India. And here it is. Pat Cummins, great to have you with us on SEN. Thanks for having me. Were you at all rattled or unsettled by the manner and the magnitude of the defeat in the first test?
6: Uh, yeah, I don't think unsettled. I think, you know, I've played enough to know that games over here can happen pretty quickly. Um, ideally, you're on the other side of it. But, um, you yeah, I, I thought for the... Uh, a lot of the first kind of couple of days the game wasn't out of reach and then um, yeah as soon, as soon as you kind of let a lead go the game happens pretty quickly
4: Did you have you altered plans in the aftermath have you made reassessments
6: I think, uh, you know, assessments. Uh, I I was pretty happy with our plans going in. I think it's about actually going out there and kind of executing. I think everyone had really solid game plans, but when you're in the kind of heat of it out there in the middle, it can be quite suffocating. So making sure that, you know, we just
4: take that extra little bit of time and be really clear on our plans. India holds the trophy. This is a four-test series, so two nils, uh, that's the end. Uh, Is it? Do you sort of feel like Australia has to make a stand here in Delhi?
6: Uh, I think for the sake of the series, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes kind of losing by innings makes you have a really good look at, all right, well, um, you know, we, we've got to make a few adjustments, as I said, to how, I play, uh, how we play. So we've got it all here in Delhi. Out of some, yeah, the wicket looks similar to last week. So, yeah, all the conversations have been right. It's about going and doing it.
4: So how much of that rests with the batters, with the sheer number of LBWs and bowls from that first test?
6: Uh, I think a bit of it, um, but you know, when, when I say uh, batters, you know, I count kind of us tailenders doing a job as well. Um, so one to eleven all, all got to try and chip in. Um, you know, might not be big hundreds in these kind of matches, but you know, a twenty, um, quick fire twenty or something might be you know really important. So um, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And for us bowlers, yeah, kind of reassessing plans. There, tail got a few more than we would have liked, so some some small changes
4: momentum is such a big power in modern sport is do you worry that India has momentum well set coming in here
6: oh not really um you know I've heard a lot of them talk about you know 36 I think it was in Adelaide a few years ago so whilst I don't like to draw comparisons I'm happy to take that comparison um and you know we've all lost games before and bounced back so it's it's nothing new
4: what do you think of the pitch here
6: I think you know, similar to to last week, um, pretty bare at both ends. It's, it's a different soil here in Delhi, um, which makes some differences. I can't really explain what they are. I think it's like less bounce, but um, yeah, it looks looks like I think it'll, it'll be a bit of turn.
4: Is it a three-spinner pitch? Potentially, um,
6: yeah. You know, we had obviously two spinners, me and then um, you know Scotty last game. I think um, yeah, with you know hopefully Starkey maybe coming back online. We've got a couple of. So, you know, Ash Agar's on the sideline as well as Matt Coonham's flown in. There's a bit of a chance for some varieties there as well.
4: The amateur selectors in Australia have all been discussing Travis Head. Have you? Uh,
6: yeah, it's part of the discussions for sure. Um, yeah, we know what a you know, class player he is. Also provides really good spin. So, yeah, he's been part of the chats. Um, yeah. Could he be back? Could be, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Again, waiting for kind of Cam Green, Starkey, how they pull up, whether that changed the, the dynamic of the team. But um, travis has been brilliant. Um, yeah, you know, not only kind of the runs and wickets he brings, but also the style he brings to the team is really important. So that, that's all part of the package.
4: The manner in which you play, Pat, so there's this beautiful moment in the test that's right in the furnace of Pakistan. And one of your observations as you're about to go back out is we could smile more and you juxtapose that with the older generation who would prefer a meaner and nastier Australia. (laughs) Have you taken that in at all and thought about
1: it?
6: Uh, I mean, uh, it's cricket, it's a game. Um, You know, we all are at our best when we're having fun. Um, We love touring, playing alongside each other. It's great fun. So, uh, yeah, I don't really buy the narrative that we need to be mean and nasty. Um... You know, you win fifteen games, smiling, and then you lose one, and suddenly people say you got to be grumpy. I, d- I don't really buy
4: that. Yep. How um, so? Losing has been rare in your captaincy so far. Uh, how did you? How did you rationalise it and deal with it? And, and I guess still are.
6: Yeah, I was surprised. You know, I hope it hasn't happened more in some regards. So no, it's all fine. Um, you know, we we're really clear on our planning, kind of leading into the game. So that's what you you tend to revisit. Um, you know, what could we have done differently? Um, and yeah, no, it's been really productive the last kind of week. Everyone's rolled up their sleeves, got to work, and keen for a second crack.
4: Okay. So the makeup of the team we'll find out tomorrow. Will you get a say in that? And is is this the test match where you'd be prepared to take a, a risk or two, knowing what's on the line? uh yeah and not take a
6: risk yeah kind of hard to know um kind of what's a risk and what's a not uh what's not not a risk sometimes we'll, we'll look at what resources we got between kind of greenie and, and mitch stark if they come online um yeah I'm always kind of part of the conversation more so the selectors kind of bouncing ideas of how you you know how this say bowling attack would function how you use, how you'd um, use them out there so kind of yeah don't have final say but Kind of certainly part of the conversation. Pat, the
4: very best of luck.
6: Thank you. Ta.
2: Exclusive interview from India. Jared Waitley catching up with the Australian captain Pat Cummins. And that was brought to us by Kia, the award winning seven seat Kia Sorrento. Um interesting. little chat. What about what about who's coming out? Let's let's just say right now, who do you think yep. is coming into the side who's going out?
3: Yeah, interesting. So I think that what they will do is I think they will have Mitchell Stark come in for Scott Boland. Has to come in. Uh, and that will help Nathan Lyon, obviously, with his follow-through and uh, roughing up the pitch for Lyon to be able to spin on. I think if Green's fit, which I think he is, then he will come in and I believe they'll bring him in for Peter Hanskin. Right. And then I think that Travis Head will come in for Matt Renshaw. So it'll be Boland, Renshaw, and Hanscom out for Stark, Head, and Green.
2: And David Warner stays.
3: That's what I think they would do. Averaging 17 for the last two years. What I would do is I would bring (laughs) Travis Head in for David Warner and open him. So Kawadra and Head at the top. Then have Marnus there, Steve Smith. I'd play Peter Hanskin at five. Cam Green at six. Carey coming start line and Murphy. So I would keep Hanscom in, take Warner out and put Head at the top because I think he actually can bat well there.
2: Okay. We'll we'll know uh, very, very shortly. This time tomorrow we'll know – also, an update. There's another test match going on. New Zealand, England taking on New Zealand. England declared at nine for three hundred and twenty-five. Um, only after about fifty-nine overs. Yeah, that's so, the uh, Baz
3: McCullum effect there.
2: Yes, and they're bowling at uh, New Zealand now, and the current score is New Zealand one for nineteen. And Harry Brook made runs uh, ninety-eight. Uh, sorry, eighty-nine. Duckett made eighty-four, and Wagner got four for eighty-two for the Kiwis. Coming up on the show, we're going to speak next to Todd Gray from Greyhound Racing Australia. And later, Port fans, stay tuned. Ollie Wines.
1: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome
2: back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonza with the Ken Farmer medalist Dan Menzel. And you can hear this show in three weeks and it's going to be David Wieldy and Malcolm Blight. We are looking after the show for them. They'll be back just before the start of footy season and uh, you can be part of the show as well. 0427-154-166. that's the text line. Let us know uh, who you're. Best 11 is for the first, or the second test, I should say. But it's time now. It's our favourite time of the week, men's one of our favourite times. It's Toddy Gray from Greyhound Racing. Greyhound Racing, no one runs the dogs like South Australia. Sports
0: Day SA. On Cruise 1323
2: and 1629 SA Sings the BGs in the shower, this man. Uh, Todd Gray, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Hey, how do we do, boys?
3: <laughs> we are going well, Toddy. Now, Toddy, I want to start with your best bet. And am I right in saying that I've spoke about Benny Rollins in the past? You've gone with one of his greyhounds tonight.
0: Yeah, I like two dogs in the feature race tonight, lads. Um, race eight, I think the main play needs to be, could be king. Um, this, I reckon this dog's got a bit of a future ahead of it. Um, more so over the longer distance. Uh, it's going to be last out of the boxes, but that's part of the plan. Um, there's going to be some very tired legs in this race. He's not going to be one of them. Last week, his run was phenomenal. He looked like a seasoned professional when he's only a young, a young dog starting off his career. Uh, look, I reckon we could be hearing a lot about him in about six months' time, but still, he's got to get the job done tonight. Look, he's going to be last out, but the two dogs are going to probably lead to the post and go wide. All of a sudden, instead of being last on the first term like last week, he could be midfield, and there's going to be tired legs again here. He will storm over the top of them with any luck for mine. So race eight, number one, could be king as the main play. And the only do- just that, just because it's got out the, a silly prize, double figures here, just save. I want the one dog to be the main one. I want to win if the one wins. I want to break even if the eight does. Victor Tony just should not be double figures for mine. Had th- box eight three times to three wins. And if the two don't lead, the eight will. Um, but so main play, race eight, number one, and just throw your pennies on the eight dog just to cover your rear end.
3: There you go. So on my app, it does say keep safe. So uh, you are definitely onto something there, Toddy. How about uh, your value selection for tonight?
0: Big odds, big odds, this. And you'd think he would be. This is a great race. But this dog, race six, number eight, Howling Hoss, lads. Um, Look, we got three dividends here. And he's around $17 to win and three bucks to place. Same here. Half this field need the lead. So half this field's going to be a bit upset after 100 meters. Look, he's probably not the best dog in this race, but he's the best boxed. Like He's won three of his last five starts. He loves box eight. Um, a few of these dogs which are in the market, they are got to spit the dummy when they don't lead. He's going to stay out wide. He's won over 600. He's strong. I just think he makes the podium. And if there's any argy-bargy up front, he, he can sweep over the top late. Uh, he is one, if you just want to back place only, that's fine. But I would have your coins on the win and your notes on for the place because he's just a silly price. And if he can get around that first turn, With any kind of safety at all and luck, he's a massive chance. So race six, number eight, Howling Hoss, place only or at least place heavy.
2: Great, Toddy. Tell us a little bit about the Greyhound adoption. It's just been uh, done recently. Tell us a bit more about that.
0: I went down there last Saturday and I tell you what, there wasn't a happier place in South Australia than Angle Park last Saturday, lads. Um... I think off the top of my head, there was 32 dogs up for adoption, and 23 of them went home in their forever homes. A couple got fostered, and a couple were back into the care of obviously the Greyhound adoption program to go again next time. Uh, there was families galore down there, I think some people don't just go down there to adopt; they just take their families down there. It's a bit of positive vibes, and who needs to go to the zoo where you can go, go down there and see all these beautiful animals? Um, look, I had a bit of a say in it because a, a dog, a dog which I was invested in, um, the last one of the litter actually found his forever home he was actually the second dog adopted for the day um and they they just do great work uh so they make fantastic pets i know i'm being very biased and i've said it over and over again but they really do um people really should be looking into this a lot and you see them walking around the streets more and more and everyone who's adopted a dog i can't thank them enough but uh always keep a lookout for the greyhounds as pets or the gap sa page for their adoption days and all that Um, there is honestly not a better place to be in South Australia, when they're on, it was um I was just tickled pink. Great to see my bloke go, but great to see all the, so many people smiling, so many families, and just so many dogs going home to their forever homes and just on the
2: couch enjoying the rest of their lives. Great work, Toddie. We love your work.
3: Thanks, Toddie. Uh, no worries. Cheers, boys.
2: For expert greyhound racing tips, follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or check out Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. Um, he, he we just love chatting to him. He's got such a positive attitude. And he's right about greyhounds in the streets. I see them all the time. Yeah, the more and more.
3: Yeah, they are becoming a more popular pet, which is great to see. Hey, we got Ollie Wines coming up next. We do really looking forward to chatting to him. Small leadership group for the power this year, so I want to ask him about that. And
2: also, we've got your previews of the St Kilda Footy Club and your old mob, the Sydney Swans, and. Uh... Put them under the torch.
3: Well, they're going to be this year coming off of uh, a bad grand final loss. So I'll have a look at uh, how they can back up this year and see how they go and if they can make finals again in this season, upcoming season.
2: This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA with Paul Bonser and Dan Menzel.
1: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
2: Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonza and Dan Menzel with you. And Men's on the line. Our next guest uh, comes from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. He is a Brownlow medalist. He's a champion of the game and he's brought to us by uh, tyre power, the big holiday sale is on now with 25% off selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Sports Day SA. Don't stop believing. On
0: Cruise 1323 and
2: 1629 SEN SA. Ollie Wines, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA.
5: Hey guys, thanks for having me on.
2: Uh, how's pre-season been for you? Uh, you're up and about, are you?
5: Yeah, it's actually been pretty cruisy for me. I um, I came off a, a fair knee surgery at the end of the season, so it's been um, a bit of a slow grind for me, a few setbacks along the way. But, um, yeah, no, I'm back to full training now. I'm in amongst the group, which is good. Um, the boys have been really good. It's sort of getting to that pointy end of preseason where it's pretty much all match play and, and starting to um, entertain a few games. So, uh, yeah, now we're looking forward to getting started.
2: You've been in the in the system for a long time now. I think it's the 11th season coming up. There's um, a limited pre-season. That, does that affect you greatly where you are in your career?
5: Uh, probably not so much fitness-wise. I think, fortunately for me, coming back now, I'm not going to miss any of our pre-season games. So I think that's the the really important part of the pre-season. Um, oh, sorry. I don't <laughs> no, a it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> But I think um, at my age, I think I've got enough fitness and, and a base there to work on. It's, it's the those games that I'm going to get under my belt are really crucial. So, um, yeah, I'm fortunate to be able to play them.
3: Now, Ollie, the leadership group has been named for the power this year, and it's unchanged with Tom Jonas as a skipper and yourself and Darcy Byrne-Jones as his deputies. The question for mine is the three-man leadership group. is a very small leadership group. How did the team and club come about that decision?
5: Yeah, no, it is. And it's it's probably a little bit uncommon in the AFL these days. You sort of see seven, eight-man leadership groups. And, um, look, we justify amongst our playing group as we bring a lot of the young guys throughout the year. We've, we've got a lot of emerging leaders that we try and uh, bring in at times to expose them to um, the dealings of what goes on and with managing the playing group. So, um, it's worked for us over the last three or four years, myself, um, TJ leading us and and Darcy there as well with us. So uh, I think at times when you have such a big leadership group, everything can be diluted a little bit. And when you think about it, if you've got eight in the team, you've almost got half the guys on the ground, um, in that group. So, um, We like to keep it pretty skinny, then bring guys through and and improve their education in the area.
3: That's a really interesting point. And so my follow-up question from that is you've been in the leadership group since 2015. It's a fair while now. So what what have you undertaken in recent times or learnt in recent times that's really helped develop your leadership?
5: Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I think the thing Ken's always told us and um, it's been his sort of one-on-one of leadership is play game, play well and, and lead on the field and I think that's our most important role to get done. That's a priority but with that there comes so many um, jobs throughout the week in, in just managing the playing group um, understand the, the sort of energy around the group and, and make sure guys are always feeling welcomed and heard. I think you're really the, the conduit between the playing group and, and the coaching group in a way so it's important that you've got a lot of trust and um, respect from the playing group to be able to sort of hear those issues that they might not be comfortable talking to the coaches about yet.
2: Do you have a mentor as far as leadership goes? Do you lean on Travis Boak or is there someone outside the club that you talk to about leadership?
5: Yeah no I've got a number of people both internal and external. Um, Our old president Brett Duncanson I, I do a lot with um, from a not just a leadership um, perspective, but more so a um, people perspective and um, doing what I need to do to, to be the best people person I can. So um, fortunately, the club puts us all in a position where we've got someone outside footy to, to lean on and sort of ask questions, which is really important because I think in the bubble of football, um, we can sort of forget what our priorities are and uh, sort of just focus on the the goings of football. So um, I have had a lot of help and um, continue at my age to, to lean on those people.
3: Now, Ollie, I want to move on to the team this year and how it's looking in 2023. Now, there's been a bit of hype about JHF, uh, Connor Rosie and obviously Zach Butters. You must be pretty happy just sitting in the background letting these young guns come through and get all this hype, and you just go under the radar this year?
5: Yeah, no, certainly. Um, the hype's really warranted, I think. They've, they've been... Carving up the track, I think Rose has gone to another level over this preseason. He's added a, a real running ability to his game where he can cover the ground and and get up and down. So, um, Buffy and and Horn Francis, as you said, they've got their um, particular weapons. So I'm really excited to see those guys um, go about it. Hopefully, I get a, get a gig in there still <laughs> um, with a
3: few guys floating around. But um, it's really exciting for our group and midfield group. It is very exciting this year. And just on your form, let's touch on last year. And obviously, 2021, you won the Brownlow. It's only two years ago, Bonds. It's um, not long ago. Last year, you finished fourth in the best and fairest. So you still had a good year. Uh, 2021, you averaged 32 touches. Last year, 28. So not much of a difference. But how do you get back to that real elite form of where you were the best player in the competition? Yeah, no, it's, it's a
5: year that I was really disappointed with off the Brownlow year, I think um, for myself, holding those high standards was was the priority. And um, despite what I sort of did off the field to to maintain myself and keep myself in the right condition, I just couldn't execute on game day as I would have liked. So um, it's a little bit about getting back to the basics for me of of what makes me a good player and what my role is, which specifically revolves around stoppage and in in contested situations. So um, I don't have to really worry about what happens outside outside those situations in terms of trying to do the flashy running plays that's not in my DNA so just getting back to what works for me and what brings my best footy out um, yeah, will be the priority
2: men's mentioned a couple of players coming into the club Ken has come out only a few days ago and said it's the strongest lineup he's had at the club would you agree with him
5: yeah, I think so. Um, the interesting thing has been so many guys going into different positions and um, really, I guess, uh, showing a different element to their game. I think we've had guys like Kane Farrell go to half back; he's really fit in there. Um, Lockie Jones has been playing a little bit in midfield, so guys who have got really um, talented physical makeups going to other parts of the ground and and really showing them off. So. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be an exciting year. I think uh, the proof's in the pudding. Obviously, we've got to get out there and do it, but uh, we're really excited to, to be where we are this time of year.
2: So can the Port supporters uh, expect some more flexibility through the group this year?
5: Certainly, yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's a that's a great point. We've got guys all over the ground who have almost got a secondary role where they're going at the moment. So um, I think... All those midfielders you spoke about before are really talented forward players. And, and as I said before, a few guys on the halfback line can play on and wing and, and vice versa. So there's a lot of versatility, which I think you need in the modern day. You need to be able to move guys around the gra- uh, ground and to either get them going or, or sort of fix a hole. So um, I think that's one thing we've really worked on over the preseason.
3: Now, Ollie, we've uh, touched off on a lot of those young mids coming through. I want to move to the forward line. I want to ask the question about Charlie Dixon. How has his uh, pre-season been? He's obviously been a massive barometer for you guys in the past. So how is he looking moving into 2023?
5: Yeah, no, he certainly is the barometer. I think there wouldn't be a guy that says they don't walk taller behind Charlie. So um, it's been good to see him just get through pre-season. He, had another interrupted one last year. He, he had surgery on his ankle, and I don't think he was back about until about mid-season. So um, he's such a, a key player for us. He's um, sort of held that forward line together. He's, I think as he's getting a bit older now, he's probably to the time where he's got some more key forwards around him in Todd Marshall and Jeremy Finlayson, Mitch Georgiatis, to sort of take the load off him a little bit. So um, hopefully those guys will will, might get the bigger key forwards, and he might get someone else, but uh, he's, yeah, he's flying at the moment and um, he's uh, in for a big year, I think.
2: Just want to ask you a little bit about uh, Francis Evans. Uh, Tell us a little bit about he's going and do you see him putting on the power jumper round one?
5: Yeah, Frank, he's been going really well. He's really impressed the playing group. He's worked hard. He's put his head down and, and really earned the respect. So, um, he's going to be you know, one of those players um, in the lineup, possibly for, for down the forward line. Um, we've got a lot of guys uh, putting their hand up for that role really well at the moment. We've got Junior Rioli come over and he's doing some really special things. So um, Frankie's yeah, well in the mix for for one of those spots.
3: And Ollie, with obviously practice games coming up, whether it's called match simulation or uh, practice games, not really sure what uh, they call it these days, but uh, you're going to play and no limitations. Is that what we can expect? In terms of me or? Yeah, um, in terms of
5: you. Yeah, no, I'll be fine. So um, I'll be no limitations, maybe a few minutes restrictions in our first game in Perth, which... Mate, I don't know. I don't know what they call it either. It's, it's not a game. It's, like, <laughs> it's called a simulation or something. But I think um, I think the second game, the the official preseason game, is a, um, a, a official four quarter game. So um, we'll be yeah, hundred percent fit by then, and,
3: and round and go. So realistically, that that second game is when we would expect to pretty much see the power strongest lineup that it's going to look like in round one.
5: I think so, yeah. Everything's sort of fine tunes to that point where um, in the past, there's probably been rest guys in the pre-season, but I think um, this modern-day footy, you want to be up and going. We we learnt last year going 0-5 that you've got to be all guns blazing at the start, so um, I think we'll be treating that almost as a round one.
3: It's a, it's a good point because uh, I'm not sure if you're alluding to this, but you take on Brisbane round one, Collingwood, Adelaide, Sydney and the Bulldogs. So, I mean, there's no easy gains, but that's a challenging start. I'm guessing you've obviously had a look at that start to the season. Yeah,
5: certainly. And, and as I said, we know how important it is to start well. And um, if you're going to win the premiership, you've got to beat the good times and uh, good teams, sorry. And we're coming up against them in, in the first five to six weeks. So um, it's going to be a tough start, but could really set up a really good
2: season. Spoken to a couple of Port guys already uh, pre-season, and there seems to be this air of confidence, this different feel. Like, you've got a couple of talented guys coming into the group. Is that the way it is at Alberton? Is is there a feel that, okay, this is this is the year, we really need to go hard out of the gate?
5: Yeah, I think so, and, and we've learned. We've got so close, and, yeah. and then we've got so far away last year, so... I think we know we've got to use the opportunities that we've got and we as a playing group and as a club feel we've got a really good opportunity at the moment with this list and and the health we're in. So um, you lose the opportunity so quick and it's so hard to earn that respect back. So um, we want to put our head down and and work hard and go from the start.
2: What about away from the club? How do you switch off? No water skiing (laughs) pre-season?
5: Nah, not anymore. I sort of um, (laughs) put the boat away. About December, so I've got a fair time if something did go wrong again. Um, Played a bit of golf, unfortunately, with with this knee. I haven't been able to play too much as as of late, but um, hopefully get back into it over the
2: next few weeks. Wish you all the best, Ollie. It's uh, been a great chat, and uh, I'm sure the Power are going to have a very successful season. Thanks for joining us.
3: No worries, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Ollie.
2: Men's Thursday night means it's time for your AFL preview. Two big clubs, St Kilda and Sydney tonight. And it's brought to us by Toolkit Depot, your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. New year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Sports Day SA. God, on Cruise
1: 1323 and
0: 1629 SA.
3: It is AFL Thursday. We had a great chat with Ollie Wines and uh, tonight, Bonds, we're going to get into the Saints and the Swans. Yes. How they're going to fare in 2023. So let's kick it off with St Kilda. Their additions, they've only really brought in Zane Cordy. They have lost a few bigger names though. They've lost Paddy Ryder, who's retired, Dan Hanenbury, Jaron Geary, who was a great captain for a long time, Dean Kent, Ben Long there. So there's a few outs for the Saints. What about their strengths, Dan? Yeah, I think with uh, St. Kilda, look, Ross Lyon has come in. Now, everyone knows he's a defence first coach, and so he's going to like what he sees in the Saints back line. They've developed a really nice cohesion back there with lockdown defenders in Josh Battle and Callum Wilkie, and Dougal Howard really complements that well. I think they'll get improvement from Patton and Cofield, who's back from an ACL, which will really shore up their defence, and they can add the class to that of Brad Hill and 2022 best and fairest winner, Jack Sinclair. What do you see as the weakness of the Saints? I think the weakness is their midfield. Uh for mine, Bonds, it's too much of the same. They lack speed and they're one pace. They've, they've got Jack Steele and he's a gun, but they've got Seb Ross, they've got Brad Crouch. These are the guys that spend the majority of the time in there. And although they don't do the grunt work, they, they definitely need a better balance. Uh I don't see St. Kilda winning a flag with that lineup. If you've got Crouch in there, they're not going to take Steele out. Ross, I don't see him winning a flag with that balance.
2: Pressure gauge for St. Kilda?
3: I think for Ross, it's moderate. Uh, He's going to come in and try and implement his game plan, which is going to take a little bit of time. Uh, But Ross has runs on the board. And the thing is they've got early injuries, unfortunately, to their forward line, which is still not complete at the moment. So the pressure won't come for Ross until at least 2024.
2: Who needs to perform for Saints to make the the eight?
3: I've gone with Brad Crouch here, and the reason I've gone Brad Crouch is they have drafted midfielders over the past couple of seasons. So if he is to stay in the team and be really good for them going forward, he needs to have a good year because if not, they will bring in these younger kids. I've spoke about their weakness um, and having a different dynamic. They'll look to implement that this year, but he needs to have a good season. Otherwise, his career might be at the crossroads. Who do you think will be their most improved? Most improved for mine is Matthew Allison. Uh, he's going to get the opportunity. He's 195 centimetre key forward, who was the Saints' first pick in the 2020 AFL draft. Now, unfortunately, Max King will miss the first month of footy and he won't be 100% fit coming in. Jack Hayes is also going to be out for the start of the season. So... I think that Allison will get his opportunity. And the thing is, if they struggle as well, I can't see why you wouldn't give this guy a game over the likes of Cordy or Mason Wood who have been there and around about for a long time. They'll definitely put time into developing him. Who wins their BNF? I know you like this guy. It is Rowan Marshall. He will have a huge year for the Saints, and he needs to with, uh, with Paddy Ryder out because he is retired and – With early injuries to their key forwards in King and Hayes, he's going to have to take a fair amount of the load. He's going to have to be really good in the ruck, pinch it forward at times. But we did see last year when Paddy Ryder didn't play, he can be that high-possession mobile ruckman uh, when he has the sole duties in the ruck. So I think he could have a big year, a little bit like Tim English did last season. Premiership window for the Saints? For mine, it's a really interesting one. I have them at 6 o'clock, right in the middle of a rebuild and ready to launch for a premiership. Now, I think they've got some younger players that are talented enough and can develop to put them in a position to contend. But if they are not contending this year, and particularly next year, really ready to launch, their list is going to regress pretty quickly that they'll need to look at another rebuild. So the development of Patton, Clark, Owens, Winhager, Battle, King, and Sinclair is going to be pivotal to where the Saints are, not as much in 2023, but if they can contend in 2024 and 2025.
2: What about the latter position?
3: I have them finishing 14th. Now, I know that sounds low and it is in the bottom five on the table, but I just i am worried about uh, the injuries to Jack Hayes and to Max King. I think they fall away a little bit after their best 22. And so I think with Ross as well coming in, it's going to take a little while to implement that game plan. Uh, I think that they will struggle in games throughout the season. For mine, build under Ross in the first year and see what you can do moving forward.
2: All right, let's turn our attention to the Sydney Swans.
3: Yes, the Sydney Swans. Now, this is going to be an interesting year for the Swans. They've brought in Aaron Francis from Essendon and they've lost a couple of retirees in Josh Kennedy and Callum Sinclair. So there's, uh, there's not too much of a change to that list. Uh, their strengths? The strengths of Sydney has to be the young talent that uh, they possess. The, the talent at Sydney, at the Sydney Swans, is as good as any club Agreed. in the league. Uh, I witnessed some of this coming through when I was there and I, I realised I had an abundance of this in comparison to my former club Geelong at the time. Now, the key for them is going to be developing this talent. They've got regulars from the grand final such as Patty and Tom McCartan, McInerney, Stevens, Hayward, Robottom, Florent and Warner, who are all under the age of 26. Uh, the same goes for their Swans Academy products in Heaney, Mills, Blakey, Gordon, and Braden Campbell. So... Their list profile is incredible and with more drafted in the coming years from the Swans Academy, it's going to get a bit of scrutiny. uh, But also, it's in part due to the success at the national draft, which has really complemented these Academy picks. Weakness of the Swans. Uh, I think one thing that John Longmire would have looked at in the offseason is changing momentum in games and stopping onslaughts of goals in games. Now, the Pies did it to them in the prelim final where they almost ran the Swans down. They kicked six of the last seven goals to the Pies to fall a point short in the prelim. And then we all know that we saw the Cats pile on large hauls against them in the grand final. So they've got to find a way to quell opposition forays when they get a run on and not resort to defending too deeply in their own half. The pressure gauge? Uh, the pressure gauge is moderate. Uh, after making the grand final last year with such a long, uh, young list, uh, which now it's the sixth youngest list in the competition still, which is incredible, uh, they've got a bit of time. that They don't have to actually make the grand final this year. They've got a bit of time to show uh, show that improvement and get some more maturity in the group, and then they'll be able to launch again, whether that is this year or in the coming years. Who needs to perform if they're going to win the flag? I think Tom Hickey is so important to this team. I think that uh, he has been a revelation for the Swans since coming across from the Eagles at the end of 2020. With Sinclair gone, with Naismith gone, they need Hickey to stay on the park. And if he can do that, it will allow the young core of midfielders to excel. Most improved player at the Swans this year? I think it's Dylan Stevens. Uh, He started to build towards the back of the 2022 season, and I believe that Stevens can really own the outside with his running capacity and can really lock down that wing role, almost like Ed Langdon has at Melbourne. And they're best and fairest. You can't go past Callum Mills. He is ultra consistent in the midfield now. He he plays in the midfield or on the wing, hundred percent of the time. He's not really going back to half back anymore. He is a reliable leader that they can turn to. He's going to have a great year again.
2: Premiership window.
3: It's nine o'clock for mine. It's not 10, 11, or twelve, and that's because last year they were definitely ahead of their time in making the grand final. They they've still got many good years to come. As I mentioned, they got the six youngest list heading into the competition in twenty twenty three which uh, is an incredible stat that shows that they've got plenty of good years ahead of them. And
2: their ladder position.
3: I found this really difficult, Bonds, where to put the Swans in 2023. I've gone with seventh on the ladder. Now, that does seem very low with all that emerging talent, um, but I'll be very interested to see how they bounce back from that grand final thrashing. So history shows us that it is hard to bounce back from that. We've seen in recent years the Bulldogs in 2022 – they didn't win a final. Uh, GWS, they didn't make finals. Adelaide, uh, after their 2017 grand final, didn't make finals. And then a lot of teams before that struggled to actually make finals as well. So they're not going to go under the radar like they did last year a little bit. Um, teams probably didn't think they were a genuine grand final chance until they almost got to the finals. Yeah. So they caught a few teams off guard, which won't happen this year. And so I think they're going to have a few challenges presented towards them, but they'll still be good enough to make the eight and I'll have them finishing in seventh position. Your thoughts on the latter position? Uh,
2: Yeah, I I think that Sydney may struggle as well, just on the back of the massive defeat, because we've seen it year after year after year. It happens to anyone get thrashed in a grand final. It, it hurts them.
3: Psychologically, it's a real battle. Yep. But the other thing is, too, to make a grand final, you need a lot of things to go right yep. for your list in terms of health and everything else. So that's why it is hard to back it up the next year because you get a few injuries to a few key players and all of a sudden you're the hunted and it just you start to drop games that maybe you shouldn't. I still think, that, still think they'll be good enough. Tougher draw, great point. Mm. But uh, I haven't finished in seventh.
2: All right, so that's uh, St Kilda and Sydney. Now, um Where are we sitting next week? Who have you got?
3: Yeah, we've only got a couple of weeks to go. We've got the West Coast Eagles and the Bulldogs next week, and we'll leave the Crows and the Power to a fortnight's time to finish the AFL analysis.
2: It's really good. Uh, it's been fantastic listening to all of these. And if you've missed any of these, you can go back and have a look at the podcast every Thursday night for the last, uh, what has it been, eight weeks? Six weeks eight, Six now. weeks. So uh, <laughs> it
3: has been a while, Bonds. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. If you want to have a listen to where I put your team and, uh, and maybe text in if you're not happy with where they are. Um, and,
2: yes. And you're leaving the two Adelaide teams, Port and Adelaide, until... A fortnight sign. So not next Thursday. Thursday after yep. will be Port
3: and Adelaide. It'll be about a fortnight before the season starts. So it'll be perfect lead into the season. Uh, we'll break down the crows. We'll break down the power as well.
2: Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a jam-packed show. Thanks to Ollie Wines for joining us. Jeez, that was a good chat, wasn't
3: it? A great chat. Really insightful. Really interesting to hear about how he was disappointed
2: with last season. And once again, a very happy birthday to the Messiah. Uh, Malcolm Blight, uh, they will be back again in about three weeks time, not that far away. Uh, This has been the summer edition of Sports Day SA.
1: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.